0: What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Uh,
1: my family was dysfunctional, but even though we was in church all the time and love God. My parents got married and divorced to each other three times. <laughs>
2: You know, I forgot about that. Oh my god. Yeah, I remember that about it was on, on the, on the show. Yeah. Yeah. 3
1: times. 3 times. You could look at it as they got divorced 3 times, or you can look at it as they kept trying. In the end of my father's life, that's what he told me.
2: He said I kept he trying. He said I,
1: I I kept trying. He said I couldn't get that thing right. He said, "But I wanted my family. I just I don't know. I had so many issues. I didn't you know, your mom just she speaks a different language than me and we couldn't connect. I said, y'all kept having babies because y'all had nine of us. Y'all figured he said, that part he out. You said, said y'all connected some kind y'all of way. Y'all connected huh? some kind of way.
2: Love is a treasure chest, but once opened, our hearts become vulnerable.
1: I, I went back to Vegas. It was this
0: guy. He appeared as a friend. Sure enough, it led to infidelity.
2: Alignment can't be ignored. We talked about certain topics while far as having kids. She didn't want to have kids. Um And that was one of the red flags, and I know you desire marriage. So I think it's best you move on with your life. She what you know do, Hold what on, Lisa? What you do? I told him okay. <laughs> she didn't ask me why. <laughs>
1: I knew several other women's bodies better than I knew my own. I've, I watched their videos of them having sex, so I would try to imitate that.
2: No discussion is off limits. Dear Future Wifey podcast brings healing.
1: You inspire us to
0: try God a little bit more.
2: But through this platform, I realized that it's possible it's possible to live again. The
0: conversations have really helped me to change my perspective on relationships.
2: Season 7 is all about tough topics. I'm LaTaris R. Whitfield and welcome to the Dear Future Wifey Podcast. Welcome to the Dear Future Wifey Podcast. I'm your host, LaTaris R. Whitfield. Listen, are you still shacking up with us? If you're still shacking up with us, come on, can we get a commitment? (sighs) Hit that subscription button and subscribe. Make make sure you turn on your notification bell so you'll be notified about upcoming episodes. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, Be sure to subscribe, leave a review so that we can keep ranking top 10 on Apple Podcasts. Thank y'all so much for the love that y'all have shown. Uh, We are in season seven. Can y'all believe that? This is the second episode of season seven. And when I tell y'all, I have an amazing guest today. Y'all know that um, this is my personal journey as I discover, uncover, and recover love. And so uh, this season is about tough topics. We're going to deep dive into conversations that we really don't talk about a lot. So some stuff is going to be very uh, polarizing during the season. Some stuff is going to have you open up your mind to new thoughts. And this episode is just going to be pretty fun. I think this is going to be a pretty uh, lighthearted episode. We'll see. We'll see what this guest has to offer. So without further (laughs) ado, welcome to the Dear Future Wifey podcast. Y'all know and love her. Erica Campbell, y'all. Hello. How you doing?
1: I'm good. Glad to be here.
2: Now, Erica, you supposed to been on here last season. Yes. What happened? The schedules just didn't align. Basically, she'd be making so much money, she didn't have time to even <laughs> come through. That was no, it
1: church, kids, radio, <laughs> husband, family. <laughs> lord it just it
2: didn't pan out you know what's so dope about it how do you manage all these things you have going on like managing family managing a church managing uh, a, a hot radio show like how how do you ever have time to even for yourself do you even take time for yourself of
1: course one day at a time one moment at a time i tell people well wear a lot of hats but i don't wear them all at the same time that's good so when i'm home i'm mom when i'm out i'm artist you know, minister, singer, you know, radio host, whatever it is that I am. And I believe God gave me the husband and the family that I need for the career and ministry that I need. If the blessings of the Lord maketh rich and addeth no sorrow, then I can't call my my, my ministry, a blessing and a burden at the same time. Oh, God, dog. You she, know what I mean? She's
2: going to start off right now. We just, we just going to jump on in it like that? <laughs> yeah, huh? yeah. You said you can't call it a blessing and a burden and a at the burden same at time. And a burden at the
1: same time. And we do that with ministry. Like, we want to be called. We want to be used. We want to be chosen. And then when he does, oh, I'm so tired. Oh, this travel. Oh, it's so much. You know what I mean? So I used to say, when me and Tina first started every interview, they would say, so what else is going on? Well, I ain't had nothing else going on. We just released shackles. That's all I got. Um, but I would say, you know, i walked walk through whatever door God has for me. And I said that for years. And then God started opening doors. Some of those doors I was intimidated by. Um, And then I said, all right, Lord, if you brought it to me and it is, is truly from you and not a decoy from the enemy, then you'll give me the strength, the wisdom, the provision, the joy that I need to finish the task. You know, I don't have to speak death when I asked for this very blessing, like people do with marriage. You know, I met you years ago. You probably not remember. I
2: met you in Atlanta, uh, Georgia, at the. Y'all were about to film something for the Gospel Music Channel at GMC. Oh, yeah. And the and Christmas it was, special. Yes. I yes. was there. The guy was um one of the VPs was showing me around. We was gonna do a deal where I was gonna start taking my plays and they were gonna start shooting it for GMC. And wow. so I saw you, I met you, and I was like, She is such a cool person. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like you don't, you. you don't walk around with air, you don't act mm-hmm. all stuck up and bougie. I was like, one day I'm gonna work with I'm gonna work oh, with her. Wow. I said, because she is so cool. And then I met you again years um uh, I think it was prior to that, it was in L.A. at my boy David E. Talbert's play. He had a oh, play wow. where Warren Campbell's, uh, wasn't that his sister? sister his sister's yeah, in the play. Yeah, and Google was Joy. in too. Yes. Yes? Yeah. And, wow. And, and I met you there. Uh, was uh, I nice again? Nice okay, again. Okay, well, praise God. Consistency. You, 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 you're very <laughs> consistent. I try and, to be. And so I was like, I said, I love how, first of all, how transparent you are. Well, I used to watch you all show all the time, loved it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, y'all be, you, you. Oh, have you always been transparent like that?
1: No, but I've never been afraid of the truth. Mm. I'm more afraid of a lie because you have to chase it down. You know, what, what are you protecting yourself from? In recent years, God told me, I never told you to trust people. I told you to trust me. So if you've gone through it, there must be some testimony, some purpose. God is never taking you through a situation. So you'll have to live the rest of your life hiding the situation. Oh, my God. My mom said, even if you sin and you fall. God will forgive you, but there is a consequence, but you can live anything down if you live with honesty and integrity and don't be mad at people because, you know, because yeah. sometimes you fall and you disappoint people and, and their hurt comes out in different ways. And maybe they may say things, but you did it, <laughs> you did it. You know what I'm saying? So like people be mad, but you did it. Yeah, so yeah. I'll be like, Hey man, I'm I'm sorry. My bad. Because more than anything, people's feelings are hurt when they believed in you and they trusted you. You know, I know that's how I've been when I've seen people that I love have indiscretions or situations. More than anything, I'd be like, dang, man, I was rooting for y'all. I was, Yeah. what happened? You know what I mean? I don't make them my enemy because they're human. Facts. And I know that God has given me grace and forgiven me of things. So I just, I've never been embarrassed
2: like that. But you that. never dealt you with just... anything that, to my knowledge, that caused public disappointment, have you?
1: Might have been like before I was Mary Mary, but I
2: mean, I'm talking about as Mary Mary. I'm talking about when the world became everybody knew you. You you never experienced that.
1: You I mean, had it little depends. Hold on. You had a little hater when you had the little
2: white dress on.
1: Oh, yeah, all yeah, of that. They, yeah, you know, that. I wasn't saved when I had the white dress on. We wasn't saved when we did God and Me and, you know, all of that. Oh, they we said we that did... about God and Me? That's oh, my, yes. that's my job. God and Me. Oh, yeah, they said we were not saved for that, too. Okay, please explain that. How, how could you? I have no I You know, it's, it's hard to explain stupid. Yeah, So. I don't try to explain stupid. When I say that was my jam, let me tell you something, boy. And, and I, I never knew that it was any controversy around that. Yeah, I mean, you know, people just have a problem with things that reach outside of the doors. But the gospel that I grew up hearing yeah. was going to the highways and hedges yeah. and compel, convince men yeah. to come in. It doesn't say, let them get straight. And then when they come in, teach them Jesus on the main line. It says, <laughs> go to where they are. My father's ministry was um, preaching to the to the gang bangers and the, you know, the gang members and stuff on the street. So I did that my whole life. I was going to prisons when I was 12 years old. Yes. Um, so my I've always had a heart for the people that don't know how great God is. Were y'all I go there singing? singing? The, um, yes. At I was 12. singing at 12. Yeah. Me and Tina didn't grow up a group. We didn't start singing together till we were like, I was eighteen and she was like sixteen. And we only sung together because her best friend, Erica, wasn't there that day. And I was like, I'll sing the song. And we sang together and we were like, I switched that one Erica for another Erica. <laughs> no, we still didn't become a group. We started writing songs and, you know, went to Warren and be like, hey, we made up this song. And I had just met him. So, How long y'all been married? 22 years.
2: 22 years. I like years. to say
1: we're healthily married. Boy, I'm, telling I'm you, happily a big and healthily married.
2: That's a big difference. That's not a word. I just made oh, up. Oh, yeah, but it's a big difference. Yeah. Uh, today, we're going to have a discussion. Uh, as we j- jump into tough topics, we're going to talk about in-laws yes. versus
1: outlaws. Yes. So this is important to you. Why? It is important because so many people expect to not love or have a great relationship with their in-laws. And Warren comes from a strong family, a strong family unit. Um, so much so till when we started dating, I would come to his house and his dad worked um, late hours. So he'd it'd be like. 10.55, dad gets home at 11. At 10.55, the whole family starts buzzing. Dad's almost home. Ooh, dad's almost home. Joy, Mama Campbell, Warren, dad's almost home. And I'm like chuckling like, they doing that because I'm here. And he would come in the door and they would greet him with love and mom would ask really? him if he's hungry. Yes, every single time. And even to this day, when dad comes home, it's nothing but love. I didn't see that. So I thought like- I ain't like, never seen that either. I thought like, oh, they-
2: faking right. some TV There's show family. There's so much
1: honor. There's so much honor in that family and because I didn't I love my family, but it wasn't it wasn't that way. Um there was some adjusting. Yeah. But we both once we realized we really want to do this for real, from day 1, we were doing things together. Our first thing that we had with both families and I don't even know why we did this it was the 4th of July and we said let's have a party and bring all of our family and friends together all your family all my family all your homeboys all my homegirls everybody and we brought it we brought them all together and it Yo, was a great time how long at this point? maybe three years maybe but,
2: but did y'all know y'all was gonna
1: be together at that point? no
2: Y'all was just y'all was just dating, but it it's was. It's
1: like my family always does stuff. Your family mm-hmm. always does stuff. I want to be with you. You want to be like once we started hanging, we talked every day, we saw each other every day, until I left to go on tour. I was in the pl- stage place until I left to go. We would see each other every single day. And you he said we're gonna bring our family together. He lived in West Hills, which was about forty five, no, about an hour from where I lived. But we would drive back and forth. I would drive to West Hills in my raggedy car, <laughs> and he would drive to my house in Lawndale. For three years? Yeah. I mean, well, the whole time we dated until I moved out. It's a long, complicated, wonderful, amazing story. (laughs) But it was always always our families coming together. It was not easy, though. Why not? Because when I first started coming around, you know, I'm three years older than him. And he was in the music industry working with Death Row. And I'm like, this older girl, who are you? Why are you interested in this young, you know? And I remember after we had been dating a few years, I asked Mama Campbell. I said, so um, what do you think about me and Warren? Do you think you think I could be his wife? She was like, I don't know. I was like, oh, okay. She was honest from day one. She said, I don't know. I, I don't know. How did that make you feel? Um, if I felt a little rejection. But then my sarcastic nature said, well, he's supposed to know. You're not going to know anyway, so. But you didn't say that. I did didn't you? say that out loud, no, because <laughs> I, I I was raised with respect, and Mama Campbell don't play them games. But you know, it was it was a bit of a journey because she said she didn't want she didn't want a daughter-in-law. She wanted another daughter, and so she said, "I want to be able to love you, correct you, just like I would my own child." And it was a bumpy road because I got a big old family, yeah, and a lot of sisters, you know, and a little backstory. My mom did not have a great relationship with my grandmother, who's gone on to be with the Lord. She did not like my mother Mm. at all. When we went to my grandmama's house, it was a picture of my daddy's ex-girlfriend and my daddy that faced each other. Wow. And I feel like she almost like set it up on purpose when we would come over. So my mama faced that her whole life, knowing that she was with her son, but she was never really... Her whole life. Her whole life, yeah. I woke over when I was younger, and they would be talking about my mom. Your mom said this, and I'd be like, no, she didn't. And then your mom, I was like, no, she didn't. that's as a little girl. But I didn't realize me saying no, she didn't was teaching me how to speak truth to power and also to lies. So I grew up learning how to open my mouth, but I also grew up seeing my mom be humble. And I didn't know that that humility was quiet strength. Yes. I thought it was weakness to be quiet. You know what I'm saying? We sing, let the Lord fight my battles, but we don't really do it. Talk about it. And so um, not knowing that that had been deep in my heart, developing my relationship with Mama Campbell and Dad Campbell, um, for that matter, uh, was an interesting road because all I had heard is mothers, moms don't release their sons. You know what I mean? Y'all not going to get along. And it just wasn't. That way, I would come over. She would cook. I would come over all the time, um, and our relationship just developed. Now I know that it was a struggle for her releasing her son because her her family is a nucleus, and she loves hard. So how many
2: how many is it of them? Like um, as far small, as small si-
1: four, just mom, okay, dad, Warren, wild. and Joy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, small nucleus. And I remember um, we had hit a a bump in the road. Me and Warren was spending a lot of time together, and you know she's used to holidays. My family. Is here, right? Yeah. And as your children get older, they want to be out. Yep. And, and that is hard for any mom yep. to grasp. I'm dealing with it now. My daughter's 18, and I remember her first Christmas when she was like, I'm going with my friends. I was like, <laughs> you don't want to be with me on Christmas? So I understand why Mama Campbell's like, you How did you deal you with it? Did you allow it? Uh, who, Krista? Yeah, did you allow <laughs> I did. I just sat and processed. But my mom happened to be there, my mom-mom. My yeah. And I said, Mom, is this how you felt? She said, every time y'all left, but I had to let you grow up. Mm. So, you know, I've been blessed to have had small nuggets and small lessons that taught me how to be a good wife, but also a good daughter. Yeah. And a good daughter in love. I knew that if I start a war with her mm-hmm. the only person who's going to suffer is my husband yes. my father in love and yep. my sister in love you Facts. know what i mean and so i wanted the relationship that she wanted too but we speak a different language they're very very thoughtful they remember every birthday cards for everything my family we love each other and we would get together but it wasn't like it wasn't like that the way they did it so i, I me first coming in it felt like she's not thoughtful she doesn't remember things You know what I mean? Because I didn't, I didn't gift and love the way they did. And I think a lot of people, you don't realize that God is Mm -hmm. bringing these two worlds together. I know we say leave and cleave and we think, oh, it's just me and him, but it's not. Birthdays, holidays, special days, you are with these people. If you don't build family, then you don't have a support system. They have literally been my support system. So you celebrate their their birthdays and stuff like that? Oh, yeah. We do everything together. Really? Those. Yeah. My whole family would come to Mama Campbell's house for Christmas and Thanksgiving, or they had their family tradition, which was Christmas breakfast. They welcomed my whole family into that Christmas breakfast. So it's been, it's been a beautiful ride. Not that it's all been easy, because my mama wasn't used to sharing. She wasn't used to sharing. So we had to process that. I remember the start of Mary Mary, and I'll be like, my mama's. You know what I'm saying? And I I know my mom at first was like, I was here here first. You know what I mean? I was here first. Yeah, but we built a strong relationship. And people are always amazed at it. So you
2: were very intentional about that on the onset. Yes. You said, we're going to make sure, like you said, even in the dating phase, y'all were merging the families, making people acclimated to each other, even in the dating phase.
1: Yeah. On our wedding day, we had all family and then friends. You're talking about all family on one side? All family. His family, my family. So my parents sat by his parents, sat by his aunties and my aunties, cousins and friends. I like that. And I said I wanted my, my uncle who was the preacher, bless the family. And I like then bless that. our friends. And y'all pray that we learn to come together and support each other. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So we that's started good. that way. So even when it's rough, um, My family prays for both of us His family prays for both of us I love his cousins I love his aunts
2: Otherwise get me emotional right now When I think about Because that's what it looks like When the Bible says The two shall become one. one It's the it, it, like
1: These it, it, two separate yes. families You know what I mean Like how beautiful is it God. That if Warren needs something He could call, he call his sister But he could call my sisters You know what I mean Or vice versa Like he is definitely Looked out for Every one of my sisters genuinely given to them, genuinely been there for them. And that's how you do family, right? Yeah. And even when it was difficult times and troubled times, we still loved each other. We held each other accountable. You fuss each other out. But if we going to stay family, let's fuss and fight, pray, and ask God to heal us together.
2: And there's nobody choosing sides. you Have you found situations like when y'all went through rough, uh, rough times that... His family could pour into you and not be and 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 talk to you from an unbiased standpoint. For sure, and, and vice versa. For
1: sure, absolutely. It was one of his cousins when I was, you know, really struggling in the beginning of our, our relationship, and you know, me and Mama Kemp. I remember when Krista was born. large. what happened? Krista just we was fine, and then Krista came, and she was like, "Krista's mine," and I was like, "No, Krista's mine." You know what I mean? So, oh, God. Krista would be at her house. I'll be out of town and I will be happy that she was there. And then I will come back and want Krista home. And Krista be like, Well, I'm just going to stay with Nana. And i would be like, She's stealing my child. So, and it was Warren's cousin Kim that would call and talk me through and help me understand. It was just, it was so beautiful to have that. And if I didn't like what was going on with Warren, I would call dad. In our first house, dad would come over and I go, Son, I need to talk to you. And he'd go talk to him. And Warren would come back just as kind and sweet. Well, speak yes. about this then. So that's a good
2: point. Speak about people that say, I don't need my family all in my business like that. Like, like we're married. We're mm-hmm. going to have what we have, and we're going to keep whatever we got together. Don't be calling my mama. Don't be—I'm grown. Where we're going to deal with, we're going to deal with it here. What do, you, what do you have to say
1: about that? So I went to Israel, right, and they had— something called kibbutz. I believe that's the name of it. And it is where the whole family lives in community together and supports one another. They bring their resources. They bring their food. They bring all of their gifts and talents to build the family, the legacy, right? No one, gets married and now I'm all struggling on my own. We have wealth here. We have knowledge here. We have prayer here. We have wisdom here. Bring this new married couple that don't know what the heck they doing Mm. in the middle of this love and unity and build it. Everybody doesn't have that. Some people come from hostile situations, right? Some people come from, you know, dysfunctional families. You know, Uh, my family was dysfunctional, but even though we was in church all the time and love God, my parents got married and divorced to each other three times. (laughs)
2: You know, I forgot about that. Oh my god. Yeah, I remember that was about on the, the show. Yeah. yeah.
1: 3 times. 3 times. You could look at it as they got divorced 3 times or you can look at it as they kept trying. In the end of my father's life, that's what he told me.
2: He said I kept he trying. He said
1: I, I I kept trying. He said I couldn't get that thing right. He said, "But I wanted my family. I just I don't know. I had so many issues. I didn't, you know, your mom just she speaks a different language than me and we couldn't Connect. I said y'all kept having babies because y'all had nine of us. Y'all he figured said, that part out. You said, said y'all connected some kind y'all of way. Connected huh? some kind of way. <laughs> but I saw, I saw people push and fight for love. Even though my mother and my my mom's my grandmother um, didn't really rock with my mama that way, my mom still loved and cared for her. And in the end of the life, her life, I remember her coming to our house and she said, "Tommy, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry I wasn't kind to you." Oh, she apologized. She apologized. She said, I know I was mean to you. And she said, you've been nothing but nice to me. I remember she was sitting right on the couch, and my mom had tears. I, I, I can only imagine. You know? And so I saw what forgiveness looks like. I I saw what it means to literally be Christ-like and for God to mend mend the broken place. You know? My mom didn't make her her arch enemy. She didn't say we couldn't go over there. She would just pray because she knew what it was like. <laughs> What did you think watching that
2: process take place? Cause I'm telling you, that's just not normal. Most of the time the 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 mom would be like, listen, she don't like me, you ain't finna be, you you're not gonna get the benefit of seeing my kids like that. But your mom operated in such dignity and grace. Mm-hmm.
1: What did that mean to you? I was too young to process it. Now my 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 thought process is my mom didn't make me a pawn. Yes. She didn't use me. You know, as a movable piece. Yes. You did this to me, I'll do this now. You don't get your granddaughter. Yes. Then I miss out on my grandmother because she did love me. She did love us. You know, my grandmother was a feisty little old thing. You hear me? But she could pray. (laughs) I was so greatly convicted. (laughs) Didn't all let praying make you be nice to my mama? It didn't. You know what I mean? I learned early that you could be in church and praying and all of that and people could still get divorced. You could be in church and praying and have a godly family and somebody still be on drugs, somebody still go to yeah. jail, somebody still struggle in their flesh, because you have to put all that prayer and faith in action, even in your relationship. And God gives you a chance to, right? You yeah. can be in church and say, oh, I'm gracious. I'm kind. I'm forgiving. He's going to give you somebody to be gracious, to be kind, and to be forgiving to. Who better than family?
2: Where did that come? Because it takes a while. Hindsight being twenty twenty, you're looking back on those areas in your life, and it didn't. Did you ever find a time in your life where your faith struggled? Where of you course. was like, you was like, hold on, God. Now this oh, of this, don't, this 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 faith walk don't don't seem right. Oh, of course. How did you process it? I want to go to heaven.
1: <laughs> I want to so see said, Jesus. You said whatever I'm going through, I got to get. it. All together. I thought was, what if I hold on to this? And I tattoo it on my face because I'm mad, and I like I'm gonna be mad for the rest of my life and all of my life. And Jesus comes back, and He says, "I forgave you." He never told me to trust people; He told me to trust Him. That means I have to get in situations with uncomfortable people, with people that have said things and done things, right? So my life glorifies God. So even if they don't like me, they'd be like, "Dang, I, she I, she could have cussed me out yeah. justifiably, but she didn't." You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. I remember. Being in in church one time, and me and Warren had started going to this church that I didn't want to go to because I had been in my family church the whole time, and I, you know, I grew up Koji, mm. right? And this was a, a Bible slash Baptist church, so they didn't sing the same, they didn't shout the same. So I'll be going, and I was like, <laughs> "I'm here because I'm supposed to be, not because I want to be." I'm trying to be a good whole wife attitude, and follow before him, the Lord. whole attitude right? before the Lord, before the Lord, right? <laughs> um, and I was just annoyed, and I was like, "Well, can you let me feel something?" And I literally, with that with that little bit of surrender, with that little bit of, even though I don't want to, I'll do it for you, right? Because you told me to honor and he's supposed to be the head. So I'm going to follow him, even though I don't really know where he's going right now. Could you just let me feel something? And I felt God wash over me from the top of my head to the sole of my feet. I kid you not, I felt God. And I knew in that moment, everything would be okay. Yes. So a bit of backstory with my mom and dad's situation. My mom didn't always follow my dad. They stayed together, but she didn't always follow. If she yeah. thought he was making the wrong decisions, she made her own decision. What married people don't understand Talk is about that it. that small lack of respect and yes. support for him translates is she don't really think that much of me, right? Yeah. It says, respect your husband, love your wife, because we are wired different. And I know this world wants to make us all the same. I'm not a man. I don't want to do the same things as a man. I'm not saying I want to do the same. I want to be a woman, fully a woman, a woman that God created and live in this space and be as powerful as that is. There is nothing minimizing by saying I'm a woman. I don't have to be. I'm not stronger because I'm him. Because guess what? I just made him more powerful than me if I'm saying I want to be him in order to be powerful. But if I say I am me and that is enough, it, it is all that it needs to be. God didn't make a mistake. He didn't say if I made you a little more masculine, then you would be powerful. Then you'll get the position. Then you'll be recognized. No, be fully a woman, sensual, wonderful, all that you are, feminine, soft and strong, nurturing like the womb inside of your belly and be all that you are. I know my power. I learned it a while ago. Erica early on in my life so I don't need to be a man in order to be powerful Erica Erica
2: Erica you mm-hmm. don't preach the whole word <laughs> when I tell you that's real because I hate this whole thing that we hear in these social media streets, this pink pill community versus the, the red pill community. is always like just coming against each other. I don't know. What's
1: the pink pill other. and the red pill? I don't know so, so, the,
2: so the pink pill are the feminists. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's all about, you know, the woman is, mm-hmm. you know, the alpha women. The, we don't really need no man. We can earn our own. We, all this type stuff. Mm-hmm. And then you have the red pill that can't stand women. They feel like women get these uh, these rights that men don't get. Mm-hmm. uh um, um, that women are very trifling. I just All this mm-hmm. is, is anger. And I'm like, yeah. what, is, what is all this? What, yeah. Do
1: y'all love each other? What, what, what's going on? It's the plan of the enemy to destroy family. Facts. That's it.
2: And so you have this battle. And then what's so amazing about what you just said was the fact of saying, no, man, live fully in who you are.
1: Yeah.
2: I'm a woman. I'm a little fully in who I am. Yeah. And both of us come together, that's where you get the best of both worlds. The best of both. But as long worlds. as I keep sitting up here saying, Well, I need to be this and I need to and it's like, no, rest in your feminine that's that's powerful, that's beautiful, that's yes. how God created you. Man, operate in your masculinity. Yeah. You know, and you both exist in the best of both worlds, then you have a beautiful family. Right. If you understand how to submit yeah. to that in your life.
1: Well, people have misconstrued what masculine and masculine and feminine is, yeah. right? They've minimized certain things. Men don't cry and yeah. Women don't do this. We can do all the things, right? right? What we want to do is break the stereotypes, but still exist in what God created. I believe if he created the entire universe, consider this. He made the entire universe, right? Sun, moon, stars, seasons, animals, everything that he created obeys God. The sun comes up, the moon comes up. Spring never says I want to be winter. Winter never says "says I'm jealous of summer. Everything that he created is perfectly fine. The birds fly, the fish never want to come. out. Everything that he created, except for the ones that he gave choice. The ones that he gave choice. We question him. We doubt him. We don't believe. If we serve a perfect God, and my husband just preached this recently. You can go look it up on California Worship Center on YouTube. There it is. I'll put a link to it. He preached this message about God being perfect and God doesn't make mistakes, but God made us. So what does that mean? Does that mean I have to be perfect? He knows that I'm never going to be, but he is. If I trust him and I put him in the center of everything, even in the confusing things, somehow, some way it's going to work out, right? Right. I didn't understand the lessons that I was learning growing up. I didn't understand that I was watching my mom's uh, humility. I didn't understand that that was quiet strength, right? I didn't know that I was watching my parents fight for love. I didn't know that watching my parents raise all these kids with no money would give me the strength that I have today to do what I do. People always ask me how. I saw it mirrored in my family. I saw my mama raise all these kids. I saw them fight for love. I saw them be committed to God. Even though they were flawed and even though they didn't stay together, I saw that they stuck with God. I never heard my mom say, forget this, bump the church. Never. Not once. I never saw my dad say that. My dad battled sickness his whole life. Now, he would get sarcastic and a little cynical, but he never left God. Mm. And many people, you're going through when you're dealing with something. And yes, you may get sad and you may get cynical, but you don't ever doubt God. Teach. Don't ever doubt God. Trust that there is a purpose and a plan. Your heart may hurt. You may be trying. to, You may be watching this trying to figure out how to get a wife or how to get a husband. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But start with trusting God's plan. If His way is perfect, God's way gets God's results. I know the world and the culture has all these ideas and all these things that they're doing. But when it don't line up with the Word of God, for me, I don't want it. Call me corny. Say submissive is a bad word. I don't care. I'm 22 years happily married. <laughs> we went through the storm, came out. My kids love me. I love my kids. I love my family. That's all I need. It really is. I know you feel like if I get these things, then I'll feel good. Too many people have gotten the things and still depressed. Too many people have acquired the big church and still feel like you're going to lose your mind.
0: Mm.
1: Work on family. Work on love. Before he made a church, he made a family. That was first. First. Because family is the foundation for a community. If you got a good house, a good family, they're going to make a, a deposit in that neighborhood. People going to know, oh, yeah, that's dang, that's the house. Oh, the mom and dad yeah. a good family over there. They're going to know that. Someone's going to be inspired by that and want that too. That's what the family is supposed to be. It's not supposed to be, we better than everybody else. We Look at us, we better than you. It's not about being, are y'all happy? You know what I'm saying? Do your kids come back home on holidays with your big house or just y'all? They left and they never want to come back. Yeah your kids sit on the front row of your church? Can they clap yeah. when you preach? Or do they roll their eyes? Yeah. I do not want to be a public success and a private failure where I can encourage the world, but my kids roll their eyes at me. You where said the,
2: God's way gets, gets God's, God's results. results. Yeah. <clears throat> the importance of that is so often we feel like we can figure things out, we got it or whatnot, and when we really truly realize that we are submitted to a sovereign God, mm-hmm. then we truly become submitted to His will. Yeah. Um, what was that transition like coming from, you know, you're still an artist, still touring, still doing that stuff, but then becoming a first lady, becoming a co-pastor? What was that not, like? Not a
1: co-pastor, just first lady.
2: Why, why you in a co-pastor?
1: Mm-mm. that he that guy called him i'm just first lady you said let's be clear now i'm not a co pastor. now he says that i didn't join the church for six months <laughs> he decided to start a church and put out my solo record around the same time so i had promo so i would be coming in with my suitcase or you know what i'm saying missing the first few services and so at about six months, he said, Well, y'all, the first lady decided to join the church. <laughs> but I was not on board when he first told me. Why not? I was like, You messing up our lives. We're artists. What are you doing? We see, sing. We do we do. do. You messing up our lives. But now we gotta be there every Sunday. Like, what is you doing? And um How long did it take for you to get on page? Was was it was it the six months he says? It was about a year and a half
2: a year and a half for you I to finally you know. get on on the same page. Yeah, I was irritated. I so was what annoyed. was the thing that
1: made you the most, ir- the most irritated about? Because you you didn't I god I told you that I do not want a pastor. I said I want him to be hood, I do. but I want him to be a little street. I need him to be able to pray and also fight. If we walk in a room and it's going down, I want to feel protected. And that's what I got and then he said that's what I got that's what I got and then he started we was going to Faithful Central Bible Church he started hanging with Bishop Omer <laughs> then he goes to Bible college I was like what you what you, you don't need that to produce records what you doing then it just kept then he was at church every Sunday on the organ but he was he was like intently watching Bishop Omer and I saw him changing and growing and I kept going lord we talked about this you already knew where it was going. I already knew where it was going. Then he started the Bible study. I was like, just Bible study. One Friday out of the month, Bible study, the first Bible study, seventy people show up.
2: At you house? Where'd y'all have it oh, at? No. Oh, she said, your daughter was talking I about love no? Y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I said, no, they ain't gonna talk. <laughs> Now <laughs> we started at a hotel You know that's what they normally do the, You know that's what they normally do The Bible studies at, at your house <laughs> When, you, when you starting off as a pastor <laughs> Well no well, you know We were already
1: fully who we were So I didn't want to not have everybody come to your house <laughs> No, <Nah, laughs> I couldn't do that But it, it, said, no, uh-uh, no shit, uh-uh. I remember um, Me fussing one Sunday About something I can't remember Oh he was asking me Was the kids ready And you know Mama's job So I get everybody ready And yeah. me ready He just getting him ready So am I ready No I'm not ready You see I had to do Get Zaya's hair done Like so I'm Doing all that, so he goes separately to get church, and in the car, I heard the Holy Spirit say, "That's how you want to help him get ready to preach." That's what you want him to have to process. Oh, uh, at that through? time
2: he was about to be. A, that, that time we had, had to started church. the church by now.
1: Okay, and so um, we'd had this argument, and I was I don't even I'm not even a we don't really argue that way, um, but it was an argument this particular morning, and so. I felt bad about it. The Holy Spirit was on my head. And when I got to church, I went to his office and I was like, I'm so, so sorry. I was like, no matter how I feel, I never want to get in the way of you hearing from God, you know, and what you have to do with all these people. Like, we got to do something with the people. And so. um, Do you normally apologize that quickly? Yeah, I don't have a problem. He doesn't either.
2: So as soon as you feel the Holy Spirit convict you like that, you'll move on it.
1: I may roll my eyes and be like, can he just, can he go first? Sometime. (laughs) But then I asked myself, do you want to be right or do you want things to be right? And I always want things to be right. So I have to put my ego aside. But I remember it was one Sunday. He preached really, really good. And I'm looking around. I was going, yeah, this is God. This is God's design. I realized the things that we went through and what we've learned with him growing up uh, apostolic and me growing up Kojic and our misconceptions and our broken hearts over ministry and what we did in the industry as, you know, artists. God was preparing us for the people that are at the California Worship Center. And so I went up after service and I whispered in his ear while altar call is going on. I'm so sorry that I wasn't with you, but I'm with you 100 percent. God call you and I'm here and I'm with you. And I just wanted to, I wanted him to know that I was with him, and I I could feel his body just.
2: Yeah, because I, I, it, it just hit me, hit me the same doggone way. Like, when women, if women understood the, the power y'all have to speak to the king and the man, Oof. like he was doing all of that, and still. He, I don't care if he had 20,000 people in that audience. When your wife ain't with it, you. When your wife ain't with you, it's like, them 20,000 don't be nothing. Right. I remember God giving me this revelation. It's when that video went viral that you and I discussed, as soon as you sat down, the wig, the infamous wig fell video. <laughs> yes. And uh, the girl that I was dating at the time, she says, how does it feel to be like, to go viral like this? And at that time it was like 20 million views or something. And I says, it feels empty to be seen by millions if you're not seen by the one.
1: That's so true.
2: I'm telling you, it may, I don't care how many women in my DMs, how many people saying, Oh my God, you're so amazing. It's like I'm still single. I'm still I still want to be married. I still like what 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 does that really mean to me?
1: Likes. And don't get caught up in them likes. Don't it don't mean no, nothing. Ain't no real connection.
2: Nothing. And so for your husband to sit on that stage for that year and a half yeah. or whatnot and preach his heart out and hear from the Lord and be privately praying to God, like, God, I need my wife to just to just yeah. get on board and I ain't gonna put too much pressure, I ain't going to clown, I ain't going to act crazy and I'm not going to feel like I must not be fulfilling your will because if it was, then things would be happening in decency and in order. She would automatically be like, hey, yeah, Mm -hmm. this is what it is. God got you. Let's go. Um, And then when you said that to him, that's why I could just feel it. I could feel the weight just... And at yeah. that point, he's like, oh, ain't nothing I can't do. Because the power, the Bible says one can chase away a thousand, two can set 10,000 demons to flight. Yes. What he's been able to accomplish by himself and building the ministry is just scratching the surface. Because the minute you got on board, I I guarantee you, you start seeing things climb and explode we on did. a different level. We it's did. Just, it's just how we God did. operates in unity.
1: We did. What and did you see change? Um, the different people that came. Um, worship changed, altar call grew. Um, you know, we're in LA. So a lot of influencers, a lot of people, um, you know, of, of prominence as, yeah. as it relates to media. Coming and we're not the kind of church that has a private entrance and you know, they came through the front door like everybody else. Yeah. They didn't all there's not a private green room where the celebrities yeah. go. And anybody that goes to Cali worship, they know at the end of service, me and Warren go to the back and we shake hands. Good. And our new building, God blessed us with our new building? Yes, God blessed us with a building during the pandemic. Yeah. So, you know, God just I think as we surrendered, he said, Okay. Not that we're not without our issues and the turbulence and, you know, people coming and going and, you know, you feeling like, you know, people and, you know, we're with that, too. But again, we're a church that that talks about grace and mercy and forgive kingdom forgiveness and all of that. So we've been able to model what we had to experience. And I I love that about the father. He'll give you something to say, but you gonna always have your time (laughs) to see if you really believe it. You know what I'm saying? When somebody is preaching on something, it's because yeah. they didn't been down that road. Talk about and it. And God has revealed it. You know, they've been in the mud and God brought them out. And so, you know, I'm I'm pro-marriage. I'm pro-family. I'm pro-God's love. You know, like I said, God's way gets God's result. That does not mean that you're not going to go through. You know what I'm saying? We love talk about, talking about the Hebrew boys in yeah. the fire. But are you willing to stand up for something to the point you get thrown in the fire? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We love talking about Daniel in the lion's den and he shut the mouths of the lion, but he got thrown in the lion's den. Facts. Most of us aren't willing to get into the fire and believing that God will be in the fire with us. Some of us won't even open our mouths because we're afraid of people, especially in this climate. Yes. Oh, I'll get canceled. I'll get yep. this. I'll yep. get if it's the truth, if it's God's truth, I know that one must be wise to one's souls. I know yeah. that we must be smart. You know, it's why Jesus told parables, spoken parables to non-believers because there were certain things they wouldn't understand, but he still told the truth. How long have y'all been open
2: as a, uh, as as a church? church? Yeah.
1: Seven years. It's been seven years? It's been seven years. Cali worship.
2: Yeah. I did not know it was that long. Mm-hmm. I thought I was like... It's like I started hearing more about it, I think, in about 2019. I think it was about 2019. Really? So so y'all opened. Okay. Wow. Yeah. And you said about a year and a half later, you came on board. I came on board. (laughs) But you said, do not put
1: the title of co-pastor on you, huh? Nah, I'm a first lady and I'm totally cool with that. I think because I do so much in my life, I'm not fighting for authority. Yeah. This is no slight to any co-pastor that is called and you know God has called you. But I think some men are forced to put their wives in position because they fuss at home. Yeah. Well, what, is, what do I do? What's my title? What do I, like, what does God want you to do? If God told you to serve the kids, serve the kids. That's not less than you preparing the future. You know what I mean? So I don't need, I mean, I I do so much in do, my do, life. Do you ever preach there? I preach. I direct the choir. I'm on the worship team. You direct the choir? Yes. We have choir night, Sunday night, I you know. I do all the things. See if they're working, huh? Yes. <laughs> we lost the digital media person, so they get told me, I need you. I was like, y'all. I love this what church. What they got you doing
2: in digital media?
1: To post posting stuff. <laughs> I love Cali worship. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we need the people to work. <laughs> we said you're there posting on
1: social media. Lord Jesus, I'm doing all the things. Got After you doing the graphic summer design? when he it finished. you on Canva doing graphics. Well, and we things? finally got somebody to do graphic design. <laughs> Listen shout out to brother Kwaku thank you sir (laughs) nah but we got a great group of people a great group of people that serve that I can definitely call but you know it's it's us you know what I mean so we have to do it and that's fine we're in the beginning stages he'll equip me to do it He's not gonna call me to it and not give me what I need he'll stretch me a little bit but that's only gonna make me stronger what have you learned
2: about what have you learned about church being on this side of things This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, what would you do if you had an extra hour in your day? Would you take up a new hobby, catch up on some sleep, complete reading the book you've never had time to finish but always promised that you would? Did you know the best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is by knowing what's important to you and making it a priority? Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I could not have become the person I am today without therapy, to be honest with you. My vulnerability and transparency were cultivated in therapy and it served as a foundation in which the beloved Dear Future Wifey podcast was built. Now, as you know, relationships of all kinds are important to me. Therapy helps with learning positive coping skills, managing expectations of myself and others, and most importantly, establishing healthy boundaries. Oh boy, life is stressful, ain't it? Now, therapy is the safe space to recalibrate and recenter. Now, can I be transparent with you? Since the inception of this podcast, I've always wanted to do this right here for better help. Why? Because so many of you reach out to me seeking referrals for therapy services after each episode. My heart has been overwhelmed by the outpouring of you desiring help to show up better in life. And guess what? I believe the world is a better place with BetterHelp. It's entirely online, too. Designed to fit your schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Wifey today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com Wifey. Because the thing about it is people don't understand. Y'all be going through. I have a lot of pastor friends. Oh, so people don't, Lord. they have no idea the what y'all go through. <laughs> the Jonathan, or Jonathan, Ma-
1: Jonathan McReynolds song where he said, uh, deliver me from people. Deliver me from people. No, that's <laughs> yeah. real. Yeah. I've learned to care without carrying. Hold on.
2: <laughs> I want you to break that down for the people in the back. You said I, I, I wanted to learn to care without caring. carrying. Yes. Break that down. Teach. I can
1: hear your testimony. I can pray for you. I can have a conversation with you. But I'm not taking it home. I'm not going. That's your stress, and I don't want you to have it. But I'm not going to allow stress to sit on my shoulder and my head because I have other things to do.
2: Did you have to learn that balance?
1: Uh, well, see, I, I kind of had a I don't care spirit for a long time. <laughs> Erica, what you, t- <laughs> Erica, you can't say you had an I don't care spirit. You can't- <laughs> no, I did. You know, because I grew up with a real sarcastic family. So people would say stuff and I'd be like, eh. I mean, in my career, like if I didn't have that, oh, you'd be I'd have stopped 50 yeah. million times. Yeah. You can't sing. You ain't this. Da-da-da. Y'all church. Why y'all starting to church? Y'all ain't going to get no building. It's L.A. Mm, watch us. And not with arrogance, like a genuine, genuine, so caring, uh, caring about people because we are preaching to people, but not carrying the weight of what they do um, allows me the freedom to go home and take a deep breath. Sometimes we talk about it, but I'm like, hey, man, this is our sanctuary. This is our safe place. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to be here fussing about the church. You know what I'm saying? We got too much work to do outside. So let this be the place we build. My husband thanked me one day for being a safe place to land. I thought that was one of the best compliments ever. You know, um, there's no switch that comes in your back that tells you you know how to be married. The moment you get married, you have all the preconceived ideas. Even if you were married before, you weren't married to this person. So you have to blend and merge. And we had to learn that. And then there was music. We had to learn that, right? Then we had to learn proper boundaries and commitment to one another like we didn't even this is gonna sound bad we didn't even really celebrate our wedding anniversary we like if work came we'd work we were we're both the same in that way
2: Also, it wasn't like you felt like nah yeah.
1: i'd be like babe i got an offer on the anniversary he'd be like it'll be our right. we had celebrate the next day and I would do the same thing. That's same for him. That's oh, I got I a session with so and so. I'd be like, go, babe. I'll be here when you get back. We never were like, if it's not on that day, then we're not really <laughs> celebrating. I'm like, we'll
2: you know be how all right. petty that is? Think about that. Some people be really falling out over stuff yeah, like that. Yeah,
1: because they're not really in love in the first place. Yeah. It's like the day yeah. you
2: be like, I'm here every I'm single here day. Every like, I love day. you. I'm not saying I'm neglecting the whole experience. I'm saying, can we do it this weekend? No, you're prioritizing other things. It's like,
1: You know, me and Warren are different. Like we're, we're, we're different from others, but we're a a lot alike. Yeah. So we celebrate Valentine's day. Valentine's day has always been our big thing. Oh yeah. So from the very first Valentine's day, we started this back and forth thing. Like we didn't and set out saying that's what we were going to do but he did the first one then I did the second one we just kept going back and forth then we'll surprise each other and do little things so I told him that um I was pregnant with Krista it was Valentine's Day he proposed on Valentine's Day so it has been even in our tough seasons we still celebrate Valentine's Day because even on my worst day I still want to be around him
2: even on my worst day, I still want to be around. Yeah.
1: I remember we were dating and um, we had hit a rough patch and he would still come to my house. He wouldn't talk much though. <laughs> He'd just be there. He'd be, just be there. And I'd be like, he loved me. This dude love me. He just sitting there like that. Yep. Yeah. Or he'll call me like, "Yo, yeah, I'm at the studio and I have to go here. And I'd be like, what is he telling me all of that for? If we, you know, taking a break, we, you know, taking space. He hates when I talk about the space he took. He needed space.
2: In the but dating okay. in the dating phase. So y'all dated for how long before y'all got he married?
1: Dated for five years. But y'all so we were young met though. in ninety. Yeah, we met in at the end of 1995,
0: 96. Darn it, Erica.
2: Ninety five, ninety six. I graduated high school in ninety
1: six. Hey, I was grown. I was grown. <laughs> he was twenty. I was twenty three. Um, I was in a play. He had come to the play. And we'll all play that. what play was you in? I was in. Uh, was it Mama? I'm sorry. I was in Mama. I'm sorry. Michael Matthews. Michael Matthews. I'm telling you, that's where I come from. Really? Yeah. I yeah. Used to tour national
2: play, I used to be a national playwright director and producer. Yeah, so I thought I heard the, your name from yeah. that. Yeah. So that's why I said, when you said that, I was like, Mom, I'm sorry, that's Michael Matthews." It's I used to been know. sneaky. We did sneaky. sneaky after Michael that. Michael Matthews. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. So we met there and just stayed connected, and you know, dating someone younger. He says he never had a girlfriend. Really? Yeah. He was his first girlfriend. That's what he says. <laughs> I said, they was your girlfriend, you just wasn't a boyfriend. <laughs> for real. I know all of them is like, what? <laughs> so I, thought, was, I thought I thought that was my boo thing. Yeah, but you know, a long journey, but I wouldn't. Do you I wouldn't feel trade like it. three
2: years is a big age gap?
1: At twenty and twenty three, see, I always dated older guys. I always dated somebody that was four, five, six years older than me. And um So did it feel young for you? It did when I met him. I was like, "Oh, twenty, so cute! Oh, you do music. That's so cute." You was playing him like that. Oh, I did, I did, but I couldn't stop talking to him. I loved his conversation. I loved his smile. Um, I so loved what was, how he loved his so family. What, so, what
2: was it about him that made you say, "This is my husband"?
1: Now, see, I didn't say that because I had just been engaged twice before. <laughs> So there was a little overlap in meeting Warren, okay? I'd just taken a previous ring off. And I just taken the previous... Had I given it back yet when I met him? I don't think I had given it, it back. Yet. It wasn't on my hand, but I hadn't given it back yet. So it was a little, overlap, a little overlap, overlap, little overlap. A little bit. So much so till, you know, they're both kind of the same height, same complexion. So when Warren came to church, they was calling him the other guy's name. I was like, oh, no, new guy, new guy. <laughs> so... Yeah, a terrible story. Is that's it? a, that's a mean, terrible it's story. I ain't gonna
2: say, it's an overlap. They are calling the, the, the new dude the old dude. Uh,
1: I don't know. It was, it was that close in proximity. Listen, it's a long, long time ago. <laughs> 22 years so we, in. We no, we both got <laughs> past. But listen, we're here today. 22 years. Love you, husband. <laughs> Healthy love. <laughs> Healthy love. Healthy love, yeah. And so, um, throughout that process, so when you...
2: Not that you called him your husband. When mm-hmm. was it confirmed in your spirit that this was your husband?
1: Probably around nineteen ninety eight. Yeah, because we got married in, in two thousand one, and about ninety eight. I knew. I said, "Now, Lord, you got to tell him because I'm not one of them chicks. I'm no. not asking you. I'm not. I'm old school. Yeah. I'm, um. So I be. said, Lord, if if it's him, tell him. Facts. And and he'll ask. And he did. But, you know, I'm in love with love. So every birthday, every Christmas, every Valentine's Day, I was like, let me get my nails done because... (laughs) You thought he was going to propose? Every time. I remember that last Christmas (laughs) where he proposed. He came out with a box. And it was earrings. And I had to fake a happy like, oh, it's earrings and not a ring. Thank you. He said, "It's a ring.
2: It's a ring for your ear." Oh God! <laughs> I was
1: like, "What? What did take you so long? I'm awesome. You can't tell. Look at me. You want me to be your wife?" So, did
2: yeah. he? Did he do something? as, as uh, typical as proposed to you on your birthday? No.
1: It was Valentine's Day. So we had gone yeah, out you did say that. Yeah. Uh, to this restaurant in Santa Monica and apparently he had asked my dad already. He had told the whole family. So we're at this restaurant and his pager keeps going off. And I'm like... "This See, is some of a- y'all
2: don't know about them pagers. Y'all know about See, them beepers. See, children. Yeah, okay, beepers. <laughs> it was a beeper. Uh-huh. Yes, yeah,
1: yeah, so it was going off. It was going off. But it was my oldest sister and one of his friends. Did you do it yet? Did you do it yet? And I remember... It it was like a celebrity in there and he was just nervous and so he kept going to the bathroom and I was like this is a very different Valentine's Day so we eat our food we leave uh, excuse me and we're walking it's foggy um there's these old like Casablanca lights and I was like man this is so perfect and he said well I think I know how to make it more perfect And he got down on one knee and said, well, you married me. And I was screaming, oh, my God, oh, my God. And I said, yes. And I guess I was too loud because it was a homeless guy in the (laughs) distance and said, shut up. (laughs) So like, like a sitcom, like a comedy sitcom. Yeah. And um, yeah, we, we planned our wedding together from the colors to the amount of people to the food We did it all together. It wasn't like, all right, you plan everything. He was like, I've always wanted to be married just like you. I dreamed of this day just like you. So we picked the venue and the reception place. We did it all together. And our families were com- included as well. You I know how what, important
2: that is, what you just said, because a lot of times they always make the man just kind of just show up. They always be like, "Oh no, the woman has dreamed it. It's this, this, this." And then if you make, if you, just, and I always say, just think about how you're starting off this beautiful union. Man,
1: it's all about you, yeah, selfishness. Yeah,
2: and it's like, and we've okayed that. We've we've made it where, hey, it's this is her day, and he's like, well, what is it for me? Right, <laughs> it's his day too. And then, and then the dude sitting over there talking about looking crazy, yeah, ready to go. Yeah, and it's like like. why would you create that experience to make it seem like he got this ball and chain, like he's been forced into this situation? He has no say-so about the cake. He ain't got no say-so about the cup. He ain't got no say-so. He's just supposed to show up in his quote-unquote penguin suit and say, I do. That's it. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, I love the fact that you said this is a collaborative effort so that he can be invested in it because you're going to need him to stay invested Mm -hmm. in it and not be able to say, well... I, you didn't care about what I thought while we was playing this thing. And yeah. now you want me to have fools say so while we're getting married or throughout the marriage, you want me to show up, but you
1: didn't, you excluded me in the process. Yeah. I mean, if you want to do things God's way and he's the lead, you've got to trust him. Facts. You know what I'm saying? Why would you marry him? Take his last name. People don't even do that no more. No, they don't. Why would you do all of that to question his every decision? You know what I mean? It just it just breeds distrust. I think there's a healthy way to talk about what you think if you disagree. You don't have to be disagreeable. You don't have to be irritated and annoyed. Um, you know what I mean? There's a way to really do this thing together, and that's uh, what we did. Now, we probably had at least 200 of them guests was because of my mom and his mom. You're not inviting auntie so-and-so? You're not bringing? Well, what about... Sister, so and so, she known you since she was six. Ma, I haven't talked to her since I was six. I got to pay $49 for her to eat, and then this whole table setting that I have to play, pay for. Ma, but we did it. We had five. You know, my pounds. daughter
2: got me together. So, because uh, I, I try to do the same thing. She, she got engaged in 2019, <clears throat> the pandemic intercepted the whole mm-hmm. thing and interrupted everything mm-hmm. and she had told me she wanted this nice wedding or whatever so I went and put a deposit on the venue I was like yes and then her mom got all involved and was like oh yeah we're going to do this 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 and his mom got involved and I said I'll just pay for it but then she was like I don't have nothing but about five friends all, all this is going to be is y'all's friends and family so she was like she came to me she said dad I want to go and I want to go do a destination wedding and I was like but i just put a Deposit, Deposit on venue. I can't get this money back. She was like, Ooh. Well, I'm just saying this is my wedding and I, I wanna I wanna do it. Me, me and my husband, Tay, we wanna mm-hmm. do it the way we want to. And I was just like And then and then she came back around and said, She really got me together. She said, Why spend all this money on a wedding and I'm staying in an apartment and we, you know, that could be a down payment for a house. Smart girl. And I said, Flesh and blood didn't reveal that to you because I sure didn't tell you that. Smart and then, girl. And then so she told me that, and then she just when I say she ended up getting married in her uh, in the clubhouse of the high rise apartments that she lived in.
1: Wow. And that's what she ended
2: up getting. It kept getting postponed, postponed. So yeah. December the thirtieth of last year she got married, and I was wow. like, it felt like it, like you didn't lose nothing from, it. and I was right. like, this was so inexpensive, but it's crazy how, you know, I wanted this experience for her. I was like, I want this daddy-daughter dance. I want to go viral when we choreographed this yeah, dance number nice. and all this. I was, you just robbed me from all these experiences. <laughs> you know
1: what I'm saying? But would that have made the marriage stronger? Was that just for you or was that for them? And it I was think, for me. It was, <laughs> was you can, daddy's yeah. can be selfish. Yeah, it was for me. I, said, I loved I want, my daddy-daughter
2: I want a, dance. Yeah. <laughs> see that's what I'm saying? See? I love mine. Now, now you just Sorry. rubbed it in. See? Sorry. Now, now you just Sorry. stuck the dagger in and turned it. You oh, know, Lord, But I the mean. reality reality was that is to be able to uh, join. And at the end of the day, I took a back seat and yes. said, "Y'all married. Y'all, this, this, y'all yeah. get to curate whatever experience you want in your wedding, and, yes. and I'm a, I'm a, I'm I'ma take a back seat." And they created something that was great for them, yeah. and it just made all the sense in the world. And I repurposed that date to allow. Three people whose weddings got interrupted during the pandemic, and I did this group wedding. And oh. it was called Black Love Matters. It's on my YouTube channel now. And so I just, I just used so it and did it.
1: cool.
0: I've always
2: figure something out from it. And Come so, on. And so those people just they have beautiful, thriving marriages now. But it was like, okay, God, what do you want me to do with this? So yeah. I'll lose my money. Wow. And we pulled that wedding, uh,
1: me and my team pulled it off in two weeks. Wow! Had three
2: people getting married
1: you found out about it but God knew, always knew that was the design but talk about That's it that goes back to him being perfect and there are no, are no errors and even the th- different things that have, happen in life whether you get married young or marry early or whatever God knew but there's always provision there's always purpose and if you look at, like, look at it like that then you don't live with so much anger and regret why did this happen why did this happen God, so I don't know why it happened but it happened so now how do we move forward from here how do I heal how do I learn how do I grow how do I share this testimony that I've overcome this. You know what I mean? That I learned the lessons that I'm supposed to learn in this situation. I know
2: you just helped somebody right there. It's somebody that that just got a breakthrough out of what you just said just now that's watching. I felt in the spirit. Because a lot of times people are going through certain things in their life and they're still blaming, like you just said, why did this happen? And you said, I don't know why. I don't. But God can still get the glory Mm -hmm. out of that story. Mm -hmm. God can still get the the praise after you. Because, yeah. man, when I tell you my whole podcast was birthed off of that, my whole podcast was birthed out of a failed marriage and getting tied up in a toxic situationship after my marriage that almost destroyed me, mm-hmm. and then God birthed this platform that's bringing healing to people all over the world. Wow. You know what I'm saying? And so that's what's so beautiful about it. You said something earlier about how this I don't care attitude that you have is the very thing that God had to deliver me from, um I had a strong codependency issue. I cared about what people thought. And this is when I was married. And and in that, that's what kept me so bound to the to the struggle that I was dealing with um, and infidelity in my marriage. Mm-hmm. And I I couldn't talk to nobody. I wasn't going to try to seek help from nobody because mm-hmm. I didn't want nobody to know what right, I was going through. Right. And when God released that thing and delivered me mm-hmm. from that, God told me I was visiting the Potter's House one day and I had the cast of one of my shows, uh, Issues We All Got Them. And they were... Um, Visiting the church with me and we had went to the potter's house to hear Bishop uh preach. And Bishop says something to the liking of if you can if God can deliver you from people's opinion, he can finally use you. Right. And he said that, and it was like he said it directly to me because I was like, God said, if I can deliver you from people's opinion, I can use you. And that mm-hmm. was like in 20. 20- Thirteen or something, wow. or way back then, and then I look back after he's curated this Dear Future Wifey podcast. People can say whatever they want. It just I'm so I'm so unbothered. I Listen, just like, oh okay.
1: You know when it's God moved and got, that He breathed on it. You you know when it is. I think um, growing up in church, a lot of us have a uh, good girl and good boy syndrome. You know what I mean? Yep. Like because I'm you know do you I, I know I'm safe, but do you think I'm safe? <laughs> you know, I mean? have I presented myself safe enough for you? You That's know what fact. I mean? So then you're afraid to say, hey, I'm struggling with this you're afraid yes. to say because then you're going to think I'm not saved and so now I can't get delivered but I have to act like I'm delivered because I want you to be okay with me so I live in this this tension of I want to get right but I can't get right because if I say it you're going to judge me not love me or help me get through it and there's far too many of us struggling with that and when I learned to get free you know I got a big family so I had a bunch of people to check with my whole life mommy what you think teen what you think daddy what you think aunt Teresa what you think uncle Charles yeah I, would, I was checking with everybody you was yeah you know for For a long time, for a lot of years, even in my friend circle. I loved my friends. So what y'all want to do? What you okay, all right. And then I remember when I heard my own voice and I liked it. Mm. And I liked what I said. And I didn't worry if it would offend somebody or make somebody mad or make somebody not be my friend. Um, Me and my friends had got into this uh, little situation and we had been friends for years, years, years. So we were used to navigating those difficult waters of, you know, miscommunications and misunderstandings. Um, But this particular time I stood up for for myself. And so one of my friends said, Erica, did you really call? Did you really say that? I said, "Uh uh-huh. Somebody had asked me to do something for them that I couldn't do in the time that she wanted it done. And so I got it done my way by having a messenger pick it up and drop it off at the person. But I didn't walk it in the room that she wanted me to walk it into. And so because I was busy and traveling, and she was upset and, you know, you marry Mary, so you different now. You can't do this. <laughs> yeah. I said, I that as arrived now. as you think I am, I have not. And I still have to work to do all of this stuff. Yes. It is not easy. I said, I did what I could and I want you to respect and honor that. So the, the talk after that was Erica has changed. So I said, y'all, let's get together. I remember we went to P.F. Chang's and we sat down and I said, yes, I've changed. I've grown up and I want you to grow up with me. This is not because of what I it's just. I learned that I have a say-so in the matter. Allow me to say my piece. Y'all know me. Y'all know my heart. Y'all know I'm not braggadocious. I was the broke friend. I couldn't even give no gas money when we was just putting $5 in the gas tank. I ain't never had no money for the taco parties. How dare I get all arrogant and cocky now when y'all been taking care of me and loving me all of this time? I love you. I want to have my same friends when I get old. You know what I'm saying? And so that was the beginning of me going, huh, I spoke up for myself and it worked. Yes. And they're still my friends to this day. Yes. Um, and when you learn that, you carry that lesson in, in other areas of your life, whether you have to speak up in church or speak up at work or in your family or even in your marriage. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? When you speak your truth in love, when you don't come with your fist up, because sometimes we come to the conversation that we want to smooth something over with our, you better not hurt my feelings. Yep. You can't get to a place, place of peace that way.
2: What would you leave people with? Um, As it relates to you may have a a couple who's engaged and they have this tumultuous relationship with their uh, soon to be in-laws or even a couple that are married, been married for two years, three Mm -hmm. years, been married for a long time. What strategy or what or what would you offer them to help uh, circumvent the tension that they have or the hey, that's his family. Ain't got nothing to do with me. Mm -hmm. I just won't do this. What words of encouragement could you leave them with?
1: A book I read um, before I got married and even after I was married was The Power of a Praying Wife. Mm. And I learned um, in that book, I opened that book and I wanted that book to tell me how to tell him off with scripture. And it did not. The first thing it told me to do is to pray for him, right? But it it, it directed it so at me till it touched my heart. What is my position? What do I bring to this? And so I didn't look at my in, in loves. I didn't look at them as outsiders. I looked at them as family. Um, If you don't have that story and you want to feel like family, first pray for God to put that in your heart. Lord, let me love them like family. Let me heal. Whatever has happened, God, provide a time and a space where we can come together, where we can see you in the center. Some people will be pliable. Some people will want to. Some people will not. But it does not mean that it is impossible for you guys to heal in that way. You know, you want your spouse to love your family. Maybe you guys can have a family conversation maybe you can come together you know being honest Yeah, and especially if y'all are all believers now if they're not believers you got to tread lightly because everybody yeah. processed differently <laughs> but I don't think anybody's mad at trying to make your family healthy Yeah, you know um And so I think being intentional about love, being intentional about conversation and communication, and sometimes you have to work on your own heart because if you battle the spirit of rejection, then that means you'll never have a conversation because you're so afraid of someone rejecting what you might have to say. You won't even be honest about what's real because you're so afraid to be rejected. I learned that there's two answers, yes and no. Both of them can be right. No doesn't mean I don't like you. No doesn't mean that. That just means that's their answer, right? Right. Just the, the same way in, in scripture when it talks about if you're going to witness somebody, yeah. they don't receive you. Shake the dust off your feet. You do your part. But guess what? You still got to keep loving them. Yeah. Shaking the dust doesn't mean throw them away. <laughs> they still your family. You still got all the holidays, all the birthdays, all the things. And so working towards community, sometimes that's what God is giving you the opportunity to do with your family. Oh, I'm so peaceful. I'm so peaceful. He going to put you in a chaotic situation and go, are you? Yeah. I'm kind. He's going to put you in a position to say, are you? You know? And so in life, we have those opportunities and marriage does it. Marriage gives you those opportunities to be selfless, to be kind when you don't like your spouse, because you won't like them all the time.
2: I know how intentional you are about not saying in-laws. You say in love. Yeah. How long have you been doing that? Day one. Really? Yeah. Why?
1: Because when she told me, I don't want you to be, my daughter-in-law, I want you to be my daughter. That felt like love to me. So we worked toward making, I love me some Mama Campbell. You hear me? She's an awesome and a beautiful woman, and she's been so good to me. She really has.
2: So you don't call any of your quote-unquote in-laws in-laws? Or- I mean,
1: when, when the, I'm talking to a stranger and they yeah. may not get it, but no, nah, dad is my dad. Mom is my mom. Joy is my sister. They've loved me, and we are. We family. What
2: you got coming up?
1: <laughs> um, well, the song "Feel Alright Blessed" is out. Um, the video is doing great. Go watch that. Yes. Um, and um, the album is coming in September.
2: In September,
1: the Love Movement is coming in September. It's called the Love Movement. It's, it's not called the Love Movement, but that's that encompasses a lot of what I what I feel about this record.
2: So you don't have a name for the album yet. I do, but I'm not going to tell you yet. So I thought I was gonna get an exclusive. See how she see how she do us, uh, she lit family. <laughs> she can't even give us the name of the album. We are just gonna go Google, Erica Campbell's new album.
1: Uh, and you ain't gonna find it. You better not find it. <laughs> or my marketing team is in trouble.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so you, that's coming out in September.
1: Yes, and the tour is coming. It was supposed to be in July. It's got postponed, pushed to uh, September because things have to be right. What do you want people to take away from this new album? Um. He called it the love. The, the, the love of love. God, love for ourselves, ourselves, um, the power of love, the restoring power, the healing power, um, the victory in it. There's so much, you know, we say we love God, but it's conditional. I love you if you do this. And I don't love you when you don't do that. Any and features t- on it that,
2: that, that you can say? No, look, she can't say that Look. Some features. Some features. Woo, it's I already features. know it is. I already know it is. You can't, you can't say that either, can
1: you? Can't. See? Warren Campbell going to watch this and I'm going to get in trouble. <laughs> get Listen, in trouble. he just started giving me my music because he said I'm too nice. You <laughs> like, you be playing it for people. and Mm-mm. He does not play that. He don't let you play your own No, music? no. <laughs> and when I come back home and I've been out, he'll be like, who you play the record for? i am be like, nobody, God. <laughs> Golly. Golly. Man. I know what sung to on the song. You're
2: like, wow. So basically, it's going to be a dope album.
1: It's going to be a dope album. It's going to be an incredible album. I feel like I've been the most confident in this process.
2: What style? What genre is it? Uh, it's
1: still gospel, but, but is you it know, more more pop? Style, is it more R&B?
2: Is it more, does it feel like, you know- you, It's
1: Erica Campbell. Okay. It's everything that Erica has been that okay. you've known me to be in a more- elaborate, exaggerated way. Really? Um, yeah, really honest. Probably a little more transparent in in subject matter in the songs, um, but it just shows the heart of who I am. It goes back to you asking me, why am I open? Why not be? <laughs> if you tell people it's gonna get messed up, that means people had the power. They don't, they don't have that much power. You better teach. God ain't never in heaven going, I could figure out how to bless Erica if it wasn't for people. <laughs> You know, and when I stand before God, he gonna be like, the people messed everything up. No, I surrender to him. All of it, the writing, the singing. I was really, really insecure about that singing piece. My voice had gone through this real transition. And I said, OK, God, you gave me this one body. If I can get a cut on my arm and a scab can come and this cut can heal, then my voice can heal. What do I need to do? So I started vocal coach, and, you know, lost the weight and getting healthy and making sure I'm intentional about how I treat my voice. Just like a sports player has yeah. to warm up, I warm up, I cool down. Um, my Now my vocal coach wants me to get up in two hours before I'm going somewhere, w- run for an hour, vocal warm up for 30 minutes, make sure I have at least uh, a 32 ounces of water, then be ready to sing. uh uh-uh. That's what he want me to do. I try, Rob. I do. I try.
2: <laughs> who got time to do all that? Every time they get ready People who keep
1: their voices.
2: You say run for an hour.
1: Yes, because getting that blood circulating in 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 your body, in and through your body, when you take your your deep breaths, you have the blood and the flow to support it. You sing differently when you're uh, when you've got a lot of energy than when you're tired. And I've seen the difference when I did a morning show and had to sing at five a.m. on a morning news show, and I sound horrible. So I just know I have to I have to do it. It's this this is my gift. This is what God gave me. I want to be a good steward over what He's given me. How long has how long have you been working? Or
2: recovering vocally, because you said that now you had to. Yeah,
1: um, probably for the past three years. I, I know I've been working with Rob longer than that. I'm very. I'm not good at yeah. time. Misty, how long I've been working with Rob before the pandemic? So yeah. yeah.
2: And you feel you 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 got your confidence back? One
1: thousand percent.
2: I want to hear you in this vulnerable moment. Talk about how. Um, the lack of confidence. Here you are, this, no one would ever believe that. Like, you like this amazing, multi-award winning artist, and then you go through this rough patch where oh, yeah. you're insecure vocally. What, the, what What did
1: that? I wouldn't post me singing. I wouldn't post it if it wasn't perfect. Because not only did I have to live up to the Erica Campbell, whatever that means, but Mary Mary. Yeah. And so if there was anything, a li- like, it could be one thing off, and I just wouldn't post it. Really? Yeah. One thing. One thing. Yeah, it wouldn't if and I just I just wouldn't and sometimes my voice just wouldn't show up for me cuz I wasn't getting enough rest. Um so we started the church, started we were still doing the reality show. Oh uh, yeah. Say it was like 2 or 3 and I was still doing Mary Mary and starting Erica Campbell. Um and I was not getting enough rest, so my not body all. was taking a beating. No, and my voice would not show up for me because I wasn't showing up for yeah. it. And so um, I would just do less and less. and I would sing, but I'd be like, post the pictures, that's it.
2: Did you ever think that your career is about to be over at that point when, you, when your voice is failing you?
1: No, nah, I was just like, God, i will be glad when you heal me. <laughs> I'd be like, this is not what you showed me. This is not... <laughs> This is not what I dreamed. This is not your best, God. Whenever, uh-uh, this ain't my life. I don't know what this is. This is a storm. Ain't no way. Ain't no way you called me to sing and minister to the world and this is how it's going to end up. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. He said ain't no way. Ain't no way. This ain't it. This going to this gonna have to late in the midnight hour. God, you going to have to turn this around. And then I just learned to own the voice that I have. Yeah, my voice is good enough. It it is it is what it's supposed to be. Because you know, if you, all these young and amazing yeah. singers, and I think all singers at some point begin to compare. You have to feel very comfortable in your own skin when you're scrolling and you see singer after singer after singer. You go, ooh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't post. Don't post mine. You know what I mean? I was like, no. And it was so
2: crazy those singers that you hear that are powerhouses vocally, you're their inspiration. Oh and, man, and they it, show
1: me so much love. Yeah, and then when you get that, they are like,
2: oh my God, Erica Campbell, you like, girl, I just watched that uh, viral video you had singing. I'm like, girl, right. I ain't even they like, No, oh, it's because of you. <laughs> that, that encouraged me to become who I am. You like, for real? Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's like And God kept going, You're Erica Campbell. Yeah. You, my daughter, that I gifted.
2: There it is. That
1: is the gift that you have. Don't compare it to anybody else. There it is. I used this to get you where you are. And that's what for
2: everybody to understand on the sound of her voice is the fact that whatever gift that you have, whatever podcast you have, don't try to compare. It was people that came to me and was like, uh, well, your podcast got 400,000 subscribers. You know, I I said, but you realize I start out with about 50. You know what I'm saying? Right. I just had to be a good steward over that 50. Yes. And I remember, though, in all transparency, when I had about... I probably had about 700 subscribers. I said, don't nobody care about me. I'm out here making these videos. Don't nobody care about me. I'm getting 400 views on a video. I said... I feel you. I said, don't nobody care. They don't care. <laughs> you have to keep no going. One cares. You have to like, build. But see, Erica, I was posting stuff on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And then when I was posting videos before the podcast on Facebook, I'll get like 5,000 views in, in, in one day. And I'm like, yeah. And then I went on YouTube, YouTube and I'm getting 200. And I'm like, nobody cares. They just, they just don't care. That's how you feel. Yes. And then I started comparing myself to other people who not only had, they didn't have podcasts, but they had YouTube channels and Instagram pages that, mm-hmm. That they will post videos and get 100,000 views and all that. And I heard the voice of God so clearly say, be faithful over a few Few things things, and I'll make you rule over over many. many. I said, that sounds great. He said, no, 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 no. (laughs) That sounds great, Jesus. Yeah. But because I, I you know, we, we say this stuff about God, if I just win one soul, that's all that matters. No, that that's not good enough for me. <laughs> I'm not finna say that. Like we say this at church all the time. Yeah. If you had one member at your church, that would not be successful. You would shut the
1: doors. Yes. You would not be like, we as long as we do one this person on three way.
2: Yeah, we do this on three way. <laughs>
1: I don't need to get up and get dressed and dry for that. <laughs> we're going to give him a Zoom. But we're going to talk to this person. Right.
2: And so I said, God, no, I want to, you show me that I'm going to reach the masses. Please curate that mm-hmm. opportunity. And I was just faithful over those few things. And then one month, in the month of August, I went from 700 subscribers to 10,000 in one month. Wow. And I was like, had a video with my boy Jay Barnett. And it's just me and him talking as men. Yeah. So being vulnerable and sharing our yeah. heart. And everybody's like, I've never heard men just sit here and right. talk like this. Right. But another thing was being obedient to the voice of God to start the podcast during the pandemic, mm-hmm. because when God told me to start it, I was like, I just, well, he said, start it. And, and being obedient to that, it had everybody's undivided attention mm-hmm. to be able to grow while everybody's eyes was on me.
1: Wow. And so
2: that's why we have to be very, uh, tuned into the voice of God. But I love what you said about saying, this is your voice, Erica, mm-hmm. that's your voice. Don't be looking and comparing yourself to nobody else. This is what I gave you.
1: Rock what you got. Rock, what you got?
2: As we conclude this, uh, I could talk to you all day because it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's been a long time coming. I need, to get, you, to, I need to get too. your boo thing on here so we can we Come can talk on. too. Yeah, we got to get Warren on here so we can talk. But um, any last words you want to leave people with? I'm just going to put in your hand. Any word of inspiration?
1: Um, mm. Oh, man. Whatever's on your heart. Oh, God. Okay. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand. Oh, all of the ground is sinking sand. All of the ground is sinking sand.
2: Now, Erica, I Trust just God, man. Listen, I didn't even ask you to sing. I just want you to, see, you know, you know, secretly in my soul. I want you yeah. to sing. <laughs> but I wasn't going to put you on the spot and have you sing. I just want you to give a word of encouragement. You done blessed the people with with, with your beautiful voice. And so thank you so much for blessing the dear future wifey uh, listeners. Man, listen, uh, when that album comes out, y'all, I need y'all to go out. See, Erica, what you don't know about this beautiful – support system that God has curated with Dear Future Wife. We make people bestsellers. We make people New York Times bestsellers. We put people platinum albums like what's so dope about this audience that God has given me is that when they have a guest that sits down, the way we show love is by showing support. Wow! And so you're going to see people just go and buy all your stuff. They're going to go on your link tree or whatever your links are. They're (laughs) going to start buying stuff that you have. DMing you, talking about the impact that you made on them. So yeah, y'all do what y'all always done show love show support uh, when these tour dates are released go out get your tickets early show some love uh if she has vip <laughs> tickets get vip tickets go do meet and greets behind yeah. uh backstage and say i saw you on dear future wifey and so just show love thank you so much erica for, for blessing us on the dear future wifey podcast hey y'all give it up for my homie erica campbell y'all ladarian thrusted suddenly into Child Protective Services in 2015. My nephew, black, a boy, the likelihood of being adopted outside of kinship, slim to none. Armani, 16 years old, black, a boy, with five years in the foster care system before I even knew his name, the likelihood of ever being adopted, yep, you guessed it, slim to none. While Ladarian and Armani were trying to survive and barely thrive in an overpopulated and underfunded foster care system, I was living my own life, doing well professionally. Having been a single father with a daughter who at that point was doing well in college, it was my time to live my life right. Wrong. I felt unsettled, tireless, agitated. There are just too many of our black children stuck in ambiguity and in the limbo of the foster care system. In 2017, I legally adopted my nephew, Ladarian. Fast forward to 2019, I had no ties to this other young king, but I felt God instructed me to adopt him also, and I obeyed. Starting over with parenting should have been enough, right? Working with various foster care and adoption agencies to help bring awareness to the countless young black kings in the foster care system should have decreased my agitation, right? Joining the board of directors of Advantage Adoption, an organization that helps find permanent adoptive homes for children in foster care, should have led to some type of resolve, right? No, not at all. None of it felt like I had done enough. I now realize that every one of those experiences was laying the fundamental foundation for my life's mission, Kingdom Royale. Kingdom Royale will be a luxury, state-of-the-art home for foster boys. Our first location will be in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We will utilize the whole person approach that instills identity, empowers them to advocate for themselves, and enlightens them regarding new perspectives and limitless options that they thought were impossible. Though the young kings will attend the local public schools that are in proximity to Kingdom Royale, our at home curriculum will broaden their worldview through participating in the arts, attending various cultural events, learning about and engaging in multifaceted discussions about current events and even relevant historical contexts, introducing them to gardening and landscaping, and even caring for our animals on our farm and on site stables. We just launched our startup capital campaign with the goal of raising $2.8 million. Now, why $2.8 million? Well, in 2017, I created a web series in which I performed random acts of kindness for targeting the homeless community. One of the most notable successes was that one of the videos went viral, garnering 28 million views. However, one of my biggest regrets is that I didn't raise a single dollar to help in implementing a more sustainable plan for the homeless community. So throughout the years, with much remorse, I reflected on not maximizing that moment, I knew. If at that time, just 10% of the viewers donated $1, we would have raised at least $2.8 million that could have really established long-term support for the homeless community, or at least started a long-term initiative to do so. This is my do-over. This is our new beginning. Together, we can attack this at the root by specifically helping our homeless black boys who are already disproportionately represented in the American foster care system. I'm LaTerris R. Whitfield. I've been nominated for three regional Emmys, documenting my work with the homeless, as well as my personal adoption journey. Despite those accolades, the greatest award for me is truly providing the infrastructure for a transformed life. Visit kingdomroyale.com for more details. Crown a king. And make a donation today. Man, I've been trying to get. Man, I've been trying to get Erica Campbell on for a while. Can't wait to actually get an opportunity to sit down with her and Warren because um, he's a. I, I believe that they're a very dynamic couple. Um, I got a chance to meet Warren at the Stellar Wars, and when I tell you, I just, this you know you see certain people that you go, I know why God brought y'all together. He brought y'all together to fulfill divine purpose, and so that divine purpose has been fulfilled uh, dynamically with them, and I just enjoy watching it. Well, here's my favorite part of the podcast where I speak to my future wifey. Dear future wifey, expansion. The Lord just downloaded this word into my spirit expansion. There are two definitions for the word. One definition is the action of becoming larger or more extensive. The other definition for expansion is related to the extension of a state's territory by encroaching on that of other nations, pursued as a political strategy. Our union will be both. We will become more extensive in our individual callings and purpose. Moreover, Our spiritual mandate and holy matrimony will encroach on the devil's kingdom. We will strategically take dominion of the enemy's camp and bring back hostages for the kingdom of God. For this is our purpose. Expansion for the glory of the Lord. Can't wait to expand my mind, my spirit and my soul with you, your future hubby. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Dear Future Wifey podcast. Remember, be lit. Live intentionally and transparently, and don't stop loving. Make sure to subscribe to our Dear Future Wife YouTube channel. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. We welcome your support. Simply share our podcast with your friends and family.
0: What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Mike Rowe here with a few thoughts on my favorite sweatshirt, a classic zip-up hoodie that used to be navy blue but has since faded to what the fashionistas call a distressed indigo. It's 13 years old, soft as a flannel bathrobe, and after a few hundred dirty jobs, demonstrably and undeniably indestructible.